Hello and welcome to DFS Coach Talk. Today is Monday, February 24th, and we have a fantastic eight-game main slate tonight. I am Joe Sarvati, affectionately known as Coach, and I am joined today with one of the GPP takedown badass guys in the industry, Mr. Andrew Hanson. How are you, Andrew? How's that introduction? Oh, that's terrific. Yeah, it, it fits me well because I'm fired up today. Big Monday here, start of a new calendar week, and I, I, was, I played light over the weekend, so saving up my energy here for this Monday show. Beautiful, and this is your first uh, pod with me with the lead-in music. Doesn't that get you mo- moving and jiving a little bit? <laughs> Absolutely. I was loving. I had to go with the old school tune. I just, I, I couldn't pass it up, man. Yeah, it's good stuff. I like it. You're, you're becoming a professional here at podcasting. All the technology that goes along with it. This is great. No, it's it's the old, you know, figure it out as you go. And thank goodness for YouTube. Uh, uh, directions on stuff and following what they tell you to do because that's the only way I'm getting it done. But I'm getting better at it each day, and it's fun. And uh, you know, we're gonna we're gonna be putting a couple audio clips in a day of some real prevalent things that are going on. Uh, just you know, uh, good talk that that people can use in DFS. Like yesterday, we did our first. Uh, if you heard yesterday's show, we did. A little drop of Steve Kerr talking about Steph Curry and how emphatic he was that he is coming back uh, next week and that he's going to be he's going to play him like he normally plays him. So you know that's really good to know uh, DFS wise. Yeah, I heard that clip, and you know, just one more reminder: there's a million things to love about Steve Kerr as a coach, Steph Curry as a player. So it'll be fun to see them back together. I mean, it's just you got to feel bad for Steve Kerr this year. Yeah, when he went to Golden State, he was handed a lot of talent, and they've just waltzed to the finals. But I mean, he's just had basically a G League team all season, so it'll be good to at least see one of the studs back in the lineup. Yeah, I think it'll it'll lift them up. Uh, you know, and how would you like to be a season ticket holder that bought your tickets for whatever, like thirty five, literally like thirty five, forty five thousand dollars? Uh, you know, three months before the season, then all of a sudden you find out there really is n- nobody playing. That would be rough to swallow. Seriously, new stadium, and all of a sudden, oh, Durant's gone, Clay's out, Steph's out. Yeah. Just not what everybody was expecting. No, that has to, that has to be a tough pill to swallow. But I'm sure they'll they'll get their top draft pick, and all these guys will be back. They'll, they'll probably pick up a big-time free agent center and be right back uh, in the finals again. No doubt about it. Awesome. Well, listen, we just want to lead off by saying, uh, you know, we love that you're joining us here. You can catch us every day, uh, seven days a week. We do DFS Coach Talk. It's everywhere podcasts can be found. Uh, we usually send it out around 1, 1.30 p.m. Eastern time so that you have plenty of time to uh, listen to the show for the day. Also, join us at dfscoachtalk.com. That's our website where you can join in. And if if you want to become a member, we'd love that. And uh, you can jump in our Discord. That's where all the juicy information goes on, and we're sharing uh, player recommendations and talking through uh, news for the day. And then 30 minutes before lock, 
uh, we are releasing our uh, cash and GPP line. So I'd uh, love to have you involved any, any way you can do it. And, and for those of you that uh, just want to, you know, enjoy the, the podcast and, uh, you know, make your own lines, more power to you. You know, we, we said when we started this a year ago, we wanted to be the best uh, in front of the paywall DFS NBA information and content out there. And we feel that we've met that bill and we're going to continue to do that. And, uh, you know, just because we have the DFS coach talk side now, you know, we're going to do these shows even ratcheted up a notch, uh, you know, with all our top plays, who to fade, who not to fade, all that stuff. So that uh, this really gives you a good, good base uh, to, to grow from. And, you know, three-step process. I know Andrew does it every single day, uh, you know, religiously. He listens to that podcast if he's not on it or he already knows what was said on it because he did it. Uh, and then watches the news throughout the day uh, all through uh, Twitter and, and just following all of our pros and, and jumping in our Discord. And then that last 30 minutes just, you know, buckling up in front of his computer or, or phone and making those final changes, getting everything situated so that, you know, in the right contest and everything. And, you know, that's the process that has led us to be a, a 4-0 in our first four days. So I know, you know, I'm not uh, not realistic, so I know we're not going to go undefeated forever, but it is sure cool to go 4-0 right out of the gate. And I, I personally moved to 53-21, and 21, and I mention that every day not to brag or anything like that. I just like to let everybody know that it's documented and out there every day. So we, you know, if I win, it's a win. If I lose, it's a loss. And I certainly own the losses when they're there. But right now, uh, clipping along at 72%. And the last four years, I've been in the 60s, which is still very solid. But my goal uh, going into this year at the beginning of preseason was uh, to bust through that ceiling and finish in the 70s. And so far, I'm hanging in there. So I'm going to keep fighting, and uh, we'll keep sharing this information with you uh, every day. Uh, it's a little sombering note here to start, and you know we obviously won't do this often because we want this to be fun and upbeat. But you know, part of the reason we started Coach Talk, and we've talked about this a lot, is uh, the tragedy with Kobe and Gianna, and you know how that hit all of us in the basketball community. And it really sparked us to say, hey, you know, Mamba mentality, let's get out there. Let's start something and go with it because, you know, we know we can be of good service to some people that like to play NBA DFS. So we've used that motivation, and today happens to be uh, the uh, final memorial service for Kobe and Gianna. It's, you know, 224 is the date, and, we, of course, we know that's Gianna's and Kobe's number so that was why they did it today. And that begins at 1 p.m. Eastern. Uh, they're streaming it live on Twitter and uh, everywhere else. Uh, I'm sure it'll be on CNN and different places like that. But it's going to be a gut wrencher, and I'm not looking forward to watching it, to be honest. I mean, it's been such an emotional roller coaster and still hard to accept. But I wanted to mention it and really dedicate this show to them, uh, being that this is their day of their uh, memorial. And then, you know, going forward, we, we talked about it on all four podcasts so far. We're going to end our show 
uh, giving a shout out to the Mamba on three dot org uh, uh, place where you can go to donate for the families that were lost uh, in that tragedy. So anyway, that's that's where we're going to go today. And I and, uh, you know, we know that uh, this the tragedy of it is there is a lot of stuff. I know ours is like a one minuscule little teeny thing that, uh, you know, compared to all the different things that people are being motivated to do. I mean, big things uh, from this and really uh, using the mob, Mamba mentality as that spark to get it done. So pretty awesome, Andrew, to, to be able to leave this world like that and, and, and leave such an incredible mark that you pretty much motivate like the planet. It's not just basketball or United people from the States. I mean, you see this stuff everywhere uh, in every sport in every business people honoring and ratcheting up to, uh, you know, just sort of carry on that Mamba mentality. Yeah. I've never seen anything quite like it. I mean, it would have been hard to predict just exactly the way that people have responded, as you mentioned, across the world, across all these different sports. Um, it's just a, sort of a one-of-a-kind reaction to to what happened. It is, man. And, uh, you know, you, you buckle up and you go on, and that's, that's certainly what he would want everybody to do, and not just go on but ratchet it up. And that's what we're doing here. Every time we, we bring a podcast to the table, everything we do with DFS Coach Talk, and I've, you know, put to, been very blessed to put together a group of, of seven people so far to get all of this project going. Uh, you know, we don't accept anything but a hundred percent the best of what everybody has to give. So, um, you know, we really hope you enjoy everything that we're bringing forward and we better get rolling on this or we're going to blow right through our time when we're supposed to post. Cause you're not going to believe this, Andrew, the list is so long of player injuries that I, I, I lost count when I was trying to count them. It's that bad. It's so, 2020, so I'm not surprised. <laughs> I am going to try to do this in the, the 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 best, quickest fashion that I can. But again, it's so important. I know, you know, I've listened to, to several other shows, and either they don't like talking about the injuries or they go over them so quick you can't even understand them. But they're, they're huge. It creates the value in the card. It's, you know, if somebody's a bad play based on minutes restriction, whatever. So... As much as it's painful to spend so much time not diagramming the games and going dissecting games, but going over this list, it is absolutely a must. So uh, here we go, my man. Tobias Harris, questionable for Philly, 50-50. See, that's a huge piece of information right there. Uh, Elia Kobo, probable for Phoenix. Gary Clark, 50-50, questionable for Orlando. Dario Saric and Aaron Baines for Phoenix are both probable 75% to play, as well as DeAndre Ayton. So the three bigs more than likely will play, but we got to keep an eye on them. Uh, two big Clippers, 50-50. Uh, we're going to be updating a lot of stuff this afternoon, Andrew. Uh, two Clippers, 50-50, Patrick Beverly and Paul George. So questionable tag on them. Alfonso McKinney from Cleveland is out. Now, that one could be one of those where I say, if you're going to play Alfonso McKinney, get a new hobby. Yes. Uh, Willie Cauley-Stein, 50-50, personal reasons, questionable for the Mavericks tonight. 
Uh, big one is Brooke Lopez is out for Milwaukee. So, you know, we'll have to look at the Fro Lopez. The brother probably get the start. I know last time Brooke was out, he had a pretty good game, but we'll diagram that when we get to it. Uh, big loss for the Mavs. Jalen Brunson hurt his shoulder pretty badly. He's going to be out for a while. He is out today. But the good news is Luca, Luca, he is probable at 75%, and it looks like he will lace them up. And I knew as soon as I saw that line, the Vegas line, I knew Luca was in because it is a big line. Um, one guy that's on my coach's poo-poo list is Kevin Love. He really <laughs> stung me the other day, so I have no love for Mr. Love. He is 75% and probable. Um, DeAndre Hunter was confirmed in, so that's a little bit of a sting on Reddish. Everybody, we wrote Reddish, you know, all, most of us last time out, it was a, it was a good move. Hunter muddies that just a little bit because the minutes, every, you know, a lot of people lose a few minutes there because he gets, uh, you know, a real solid run. DeAndre Bembry for Atlanta out. Alan Crabb for Minnesota out. Jimmy Buckets remains out due to personal reasons. What is going on? This is like five games throughout the season he's missed. I know he had a child in there, but sort of weird. Uh, not good for Miami, who's going in the right direction, uh, but certainly they need Jimmy as part of that. But he is out. Ben Simmons, man, that was my favorite story of the year. I'm not bragging, but somehow, some way. I took down a GPP tournament with Ben Simmons in my lineup. That expensive, not very highly owned, and he only played like, what, five minutes, man? I mean, not even. And uh, uh, he is out, though, and I have a feeling he's out for a long time. His back is bad. He underwent an initial evaluation. He's doing another MRI today, further testing. Does not look good for Mr. Ben Simmons, but... He was on my championship lineup, even though with the bad back. And he, even though he only played five minutes, he had like 10.75 fantasy points. And I needed those 10.75. So, yeah. It was just enough, and you got it done just in time before he, before he went out with injury. Exactly. So Ben Simmons does get a ring for the championship win there. Uh, it'll be in the mail, Ben. Uh, Jaron Jackson Jr. out. Fire me up some Brandon Clark. I love Brandon Clark. Uh, Jackson is out with a sprained left knee, so that's not good. That could be a while. Uh, Markel Fultz is ruled in. Wayne Ellington for the Knicks ruled in. I'm sure he's 100% play for you, uh, Andrew. Um, <laughs> Frank Nidalekina, 50-50. Questionable. That's important. Mitch Rob Robinson is 75%. He is probable and then to make things worse for the Knicks Mr. Alfred Payton is 50-50 questionable so figure that one out between Dennis Smith Jr. doesn't get minutes and then you got Payton the starter and Nitalikina the backup both being 50-50 the good news is that game is one of the first games so we will know the news beforehand but man that's you know Payton has been on a serious roll if he's healthy and will get the minutes so one of the biggest stories will be that Knicks deal there, making sure that we know what's going on. And that's it, man. That's all of them, and that's a lot. But uh, it is what it is. So let's go into this slate. It's eight games. We're going to dive right in. There's 
three 7 o'clock games. And uh, by the way, just so you know, from my side of the coin, and it's it's uh, I'd love to hear your take on this, Andrew, but my side of the coin is very simple. The more games on the slate, the more I like the slate. And I know that's completely contrary to what everybody else. Everybody else says my sweet spot is six to eight games, blah, blah, blah. Here's my, here's my thinking. The more games, the more complex, the more in-depth you have to understand what's going on, and the more edge that gives you against the field. So for me, I'd love it if it was 15 games every night. But I will take eight and smile all the way, hopefully, to the bank. How do you stand <laughs> on that, Andrew? I like less games. I like two to six. That's my oh sweet my spot. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. Okay. So, so I mean, I, what, what makes sense for me is from your vantage point, the more games, it's more opportunities for news, value, um, and especially when you're only building primarily one lineup. Yeah. You know, you've just got more opportunities to find value and, and build the way you want. Right. And, and for me, when there's less games, then if I'm, you know, if I'm in a tournament with a 20-entry max and I put in 20 entries, then it gives me a better opportunity to stack every game that I want to stack Go with stars and scrubs for a couple lineups. Go with a balanced lineup for a couple lineups. So it's just easier to you know, have covered more of the possibilities. That makes perfect sense. And again, that's why we do every show. I'm on all seven shows from the from the cash perspective. Andrew's doing three a week, and Mike Apatria four. They're both GPP pros. So yeah, it's a total different mindset. And you know, just so our viewers know. Between the three of us, none of us use optimizers. We all hand-build our lineups. It's easier for me because I only play usually one lineup or two lineups. I really try to hone in on what I feel is going to you know, do the best in my cash games. So I'm not looking for those flyers with real high upside but real low downside or anything like that. But that's where Mike and Andrew are hand-building whatever, 20 lineups and stacking and doing things like that. So... Hopefully that gives everybody a good sense of what we're doing. And also, for me, you know, I play my lineups. My lineups are for cash. However, I consider them somewhat hybrid because I do cross them over and play them in uh, some of the GPPs, especially like single entry. I'll never, and I've said this a lot of times, there are some fantastic multi-entry guys out there that really do well with the optimizers and more power to you. But, you know, if you can afford to enter 150 lineups in a $40 contest, then, you know, you're playing some serious, uh, some bucks and, and trying to just take down a tournament and, you know, that, that gunshot approach. I, I don't want to put my one or two hand-built lineups in there against somebody's 150. But where the score is even, then like that tournament I took down the other day, it's just everybody's one shot. And so that's where I I will take my cash lineup. And somewhat of a one single-entry GPP is sort of a a hybrid anyway of cash uh, and and GPP because you're playing your one best. You know what I'm saying? Oh, absolutely. I mean, I, I tell people all the time, whether it's on the air or off, Know how many entries there are in a tournament. If you're going to play five lineups, don't put them in the 150 max. Put them in the 20 max. Or look for a three-entry max. Uh, and even exactly. better, go, go with a single entry. I mean, yeah. you gotta you got to make it a level playing field, whether that's single entry, three-entry max, 
or 20 entry max. Exactly, Ben. The biggest mistake people do, I can tell you, you know, if they're playing with a small bank role and trying to build it up, they'll jump in like the, the FanDuel 777, $7.77 or $9.99 that has like 40,000 people in it. And I, I mean, you might as well go play the lottery. I mean, you really, it's just too tough. You know, take that whatever 15 bucks you just spent, play a single entry $15 one or get in a five man or go head to head and build up bankroll up. And when we start, when we have some shorter slates, like later in this week on Thursday, there's only four games. We'll start going through some strategies on here of bankroll management and what contest to play and stuff like that. But I just always like to mention here uh, since this show, even though, it's really what we're bringing over from Hoopball is the same type of, of information we're sharing. But we always, you know, there's going to be a lot of new listeners as well. So we want to always tell them, you know, be smart with it and, you know, play the spots where you can build your bankroll. Now, if you have a big, giant bankroll, then, yeah, go, you know, you can take some shots there. But, uh, you know, the last thing you want to do is stress yourself out with, by playing the wrong tournaments, get discouraged, you know, play more than you should or, or, you know, end up quitting when you can actually, you know, if you follow the process, really get to the point where you can build a bankroll. It takes a little time and patience, but anything good does. Does it right, Andrew? Absolutely. All right, dude, we're going to have a really long show here. And, and Mike Apatry has got the record for like the 17 longest shows in the history. <laughs> so we don't want to crack into that, Andrew. So we better no, we talk in here. Okay, first game, 7 o'clock, Miami at Cleveland. And uh, is this not like the third time they've played in two weeks? It I mean, feels I, like I, that, doesn't it? I think – I'll have to look it up, but it seems like they've played a bunch. But anyway, it is a big uh, – it's only a six-point – Miami's a six-point favorite. I don't understand that line. I guess because Butler's out, but Cleveland's playing like dog doo-doo. I don't get it. All right, Vegas has Miami minus six. It's uh, a 222.5 total. Um, we have an implied for Miami of 114.5 and Cleveland 108.5. Um, the pace of play, Miami is 26th, Cleveland 19th, so not great. Defensively, Miami is 4th, so they are shut down. Not quite as much without Jimmy Buckets, of course, but they still are good. Cleveland is 18th. That's very respectable defensively. So I need to break down from you on this game because when I initially looked at it, you know, the fear of the blowout uh, was a concern, and I thought the total would be a little lower and the spread would be a little higher. So I'm confused here. Straighten me out, Andrew. Well, in terms of the the line, I I think the, the line is based on the fact that it was on Saturday that these teams just played and we see it all the time where two teams play the home and home, you know, you don't really get the same outcome in that second game. You know, maybe the the better team lets down a little bit and now it's going to be in Cleveland. Kevin Love might be back as you mentioned. So a little bit of a different mix, but certainly would expect Miami to win again. And so I'm more interested in that side of the ball. None was excellent when these guys played on Saturday with, with Butler out. So he's probably my favorite play here from this game. I like Derek Jones Jr. for for tournaments. He, you know, is going to get more minutes. He's only a 4.1K on DraftKings, and he was over 30 fancy points against Cleveland. 
Mm-hmm. I, I like playing forwards against Cleveland. And okay. we, we certainly, I mean, we like playing everybody against Cleveland, don't we? Yeah, so, really. uh, of course, you, you, you can consider Duncan Robinson, Crowder. Um, so those guys are in my player pool, but ranking the, the, uh, the Heat, it would be none, then Derek Jones Jr. And then on the Cleveland side, I want to mention Chetty Osman because yeah. he went for 19-7 and 7. Yeah. So over 40 fantasy points. He's been priced up on DraftKings. He's up to 4.6. But not only did he play well, you know, one thing I think you'll appreciate, we, we always talk about the coach's viewpoint and the eye test, and that's big for me as well. I was watching the end of that game, and Kevin Porter Jr. was playing in the fourth quarter. Two consecutive possessions, they come down, he catches and shoots a three. Just, yeah. you know, terrible offense. And he got yanked out of the game. And I think he's a little bit in the doghouse. So okay. I, I think that helps solidify Chetty Osman's minutes. So he's going to be my player pool. But I don't I don't plan to play anybody else on the Cavaliers. Okay, man. Uh, no, I like the take for sure. Um, for me, you know, my, my top three, one of my top three favorite edges all year, and I know everybody's going to get sick of hearing it, but as long as it keeps winning, I'm going to keep mentioning it, is playing guards against Cleveland. I mean, historically, they have the worst-rated defensive backcourt in the last eight years. I'm talking years, not weeks or months, in NBA. So, you know, how can you not dive on that every night? And I'm going to do it in this game just like I did the last game. Uh, I like I'm, – I'm I've got to figure out two of these three that I'm going to play, but I like all three. Nunn, Dragic, and Robinson. Um, I think Duncan Robinson is really coming into his own. Uh, you know, he hustles, does a lot of good things, and when he's open, he's going to make three. So I love his price is still real reasonable. And the nice part about Nunn, Dragic, and Robinson is they're cheap, uh, cons- you know, all considering. And uh, I-, I just love those guys. Those, You know, that, that trio will possibly all make my lineup uh, on a DraftKings-type site and probably just two of them uh, in Fandle. But I'm going to mess with that a little bit. Um, I think that, uh, you know, those three are the key for me. As far as the bigs, you know, I know a lot. Bam's probably going to be very highly owned again and, you know, well-deserved. He's playing fantastic basketball, but he's super expensive now. He's gone up, up, up. And, you know, even though I think Drummond is uh, playing like he doesn't care that much, which I don't think he does, because, you know, can't be to go from Detroit to Cleveland, you talk about you don't think it can get worse, and it did get worse. I don't know how, but <laughs> yeah. it did. Uh, so, I, you know, he's not playing motivated ball, and he fouls. So you can't – I know he's going to – every, like, five or six games, he's going to throw 65 fantasy points on the board. But the other times, you're going to spend big money on him, and he probably puts up 32, and it just hurts you too much. So – I'm not going that way. I told you about Love being right in the top floor of my poo-poo house, so he's not going to get played. Uh, and Nance and Drummond and all the, and you know uh, Tristan Thompson, all those guys are good enough on the glass that I'm not going to go with Bam or now you know they're they're playing a little of Olenek and moving a lot of guys in there with Crowder. Just too much sharing for me. So the only spot I'm going is to the Miami backcourt, 
and uh, I'll feel real good about that. Yeah, and I'm glad you mentioned Goran Dragic. So I'll give you my ratings on those three. It's it's Nunn, number one, Goran, number two, Duncan Robinson, number three. I love how Robinson's been shooting the ball, but he's just not getting enough other stats for me to, to see quite as much upside I, for, for tournaments. I like him more for cash. But for tournaments, I like Nunn and then build a couple lineups with, with Dragic in there in case he goes off and Nunn doesn't have quite the same performance as he did on Saturday. And, and, you know, I, I really respect that. I think most of the industry would rank him that way. But don't sleep on Duncan Robinson. In the last couple of games, he's starting to play a full game. Before it was, I'm planting my butt at the three-point line, and if somebody can get me the ball, you know, when by pulling my man off me a little bit or setting a pick for me, then I'm going to get a three. But he's not just doing that. Now, the last two games I noticed, especially, you know, with, with Butler out and then, some of the different rotation now with Crowder and Solomon Hill and, and the new guys they brought in. He had two backdoor layups. He also hit Bam on a backdoor uh, for uh, a play. And then in transition, he got out and had a dunk. So he's getting a few rebounds. He even had a steal in that last game. So if he can just put average ancillary numbers, a, a few stocks and you know uh, a couple of assists, along with all those threes, uh, man, especially where you get the bonus for the three-pointers, I still think he's super in play and is gonna is still in that secret squirrel category, you know? Okay. All right. We'll see. All right, dude. Second game. game it's a 7 o'clocker. This one also very interesting. Atlanta at Philadelphia. It is Philly by 8, uh, even though they've been reeling. And 228.5 is the total, 118 for Philly, 110.5 for Atlanta. Um, we've got the fourth fastest team in the league um, in Atlanta and the 18th fastest team in the league with uh, Philadelphia. And then uh, this is interesting, defensively Atlanta second to last, but Philadelphia fifth. So, you know, that changes things a little bit um, as far as, you know, how do you see this game going? You got good defense against good offense, bad defense versus bad offense. I don't know. It's, it's a, this is another one of those that I need, to tr- need some help with, uh, Andrew. Well, you threw me for a loop, you know, with that news at the beginning. It, it came out right as the show was starting that Tobias Harris is now a game-time decision. Yeah. I was starting to break this down, thinking he was going to be out along with Simmons. So I was zeroing in on Embiid, Richardson, and even Horford. I mean, this could finally be an opportunity for Horford to become relevant again. If both of those guys are out on DraftKings, he's only 4.5K. Yeah. So I think you have to consider him if Harris is out. Uh, either way, I, I, I like Embiid here. He's under 10K. He's had two really strong games against Atlanta already. And yeah. then Josh Richardson has to be next at 4.8. Yes. I know, I know he's going to be popular, but when these two teams played earlier uh, at the end of January, first of all, Atlanta won by 10. And yeah. that was the Shake Milton game, if you'll recall. Oh, he went for, tw- he went for 20, 27, 5, and think. 6. Yeah, yeah so I if, remember that. If, if Shake <laughs> Milton can do that, then... You know, I think Richardson can have a strong game as well. 
So, uh, you know, I'm really zeroing in on Embiid, Richardson, and then maybe a tournament flyer on Cork Maz or Shake Milton. We'll have to see what the lineup is. Again, this is only if Harris is out. So yeah. we'll just stay tuned on that. Over on the Atlanta side, again, I, I was really surprised to go back and see that Trey Young was that effective against the Sixers. He went for 39-6-18. and 18. Well, Richardson didn't play that game. Right. And I think Jay Rich is one of the better lockdown on-the-ball defenders in the perimeter in the league. I think, you know, he's got, like, all NBA defensive uh, abilities. So that makes a big difference. Yeah, and I, and I hope you're right because I don't plan to play much of Trey Young. I hope he comes back to earth in this matchup. And, and he Richardson's... is playing fantastic ball. Yeah, I don't know really if, you, if, you, I, if it was on the show with you or with Mike, but – uh, there's been that group, and I've been following them very closely. I mentioned it, and it's really paid off. There's the group of the first-time All-Stars. Remember we talked about this the other day? The oh, guys, yeah. the first-time All-Stars, the Siakams, the Trey Youngs, the uh, Bam Adebayos, all of those guys have come back from that All-Star game with their heads high, with a big boost of confidence thinking, you know, I'm one of the best players in the league. I've made it. And they're playing that way. So, you know, that trend has been there, man. It really, it's been a fantastic trend that I doubt anybody else in the industry has caught on to. But if you look, you go back and look at all the first time NBA all-stars from this season, look at their statistics in the handful of games. I know it's a small sample, but look at the handful of games and they've all been kicking butt. Oh, I'm I'm completely with you. I I agree wholeheartedly, and I'm sure there are folks out there who think either it's too small of a sample size, or it's random, um, not something you can count on. That's fine. You know, they can have that opinion, but I think it matters. I think it's real. Well, if you watch the game and you understand the game, and I don't mean this in a negative way to anybody out there that disagrees with this, but you know, you just watch the body language. You know, Bam, you know, we talked about this, or I can't remember which show it was on now. With doing a show every day, they're all mixing up in my head. But the thing is, if you watched him, he just had that swagger, like, get out of my way, you know. And, and he just looked fantastic. Zion, same thing, man. Look at Zion. You know, he's, uh, you know, just been unbelievable because he got to be at least part of that weekend. He wasn't a first-time uh, all-star, but he was in, in the in the U.S. game and he was around it the whole time. So there's even some residual from those guys that were just part of that, but mainly the guys that played. But if you watch it, the eye test on those guys, and Trey Young, because he got to be at least part of that weekend, he wasn't a first-time uh, all-star, but he was in, in, the, in the U.S. game and he was around it the whole time. So there's even some residual from those guys that were just part of that, but mainly the guys that played. But if you watch it, the eye test on those guys, and Trey Young, even though he's always had swagger, you know, these last couple games, man, it's hard not to play him. And he's he's going to get a lot of ownership. But I, I still believe that Philadelphia plays good team defense. I think people are going to forget that Richardson didn't play that last game. And I think that, uh, you know, if Philly takes any smarts away from watching when Dallas played Atlanta – he uh, with eight minutes left in the fourth quarter against Dallas, he had zero threes and he only had eight points. The problem was he went off for like 16 points in the last eight minutes and and everything else. And the reason being was Dallas ran a double at him. Yeah. 
and they made him give up the ball to try to make somebody else beat him. That's why Cam Reddish had such a great game and some of the other ancillary guys. But I, I do not think that Brett Brown is a good coach. I've said that from the beginning. I think that until they replace him and get a better coach, uh, they're not going to go to the next level. And I don't think he'll run a double at, at Trey. So being that saying that, it's like I want to play Trey, um, but I, I, I don't, do know that Richardson's a hell of a defender, and he can get after it. So I'm torn a little bit, but as of now, I don't think I'm going to pay the, the monster price for him. But I certainly would uh, not blame anybody for pivoting to him. Yeah, I don't. I don't think I'm going to play him uh, for for the reasons you mentioned. Primarily Richardson. Uh, I just think they'll do a much better job slowing him down. And there's some other guards later on the slate that I like a little bit better in that upper price range. Very good. You know, we we agree a lot on this game. I mean, I I, I know it's going to be chalk. Uh, you know, chalk city, but. I think Richardson's a good play because he's going to get big minutes because he's going to be in there to guard Atlanta. You know, obviously Atlanta plays terrible defense, especially against guards. And I think Embiid's a great play. Um, I think that he'll he should dominate the paint. I, I really think he he will do very well. Um, and it it should stay close enough that he gets you know a solid amount of minutes. And they certainly need a win. So you know, I think Embiid and then Richardson. Are, are both good plays, and then we need need to follow the news on Tobias Harris. I do not have the courage to roster uh, Mr. Horford at this moment. He just his plus minus on the floor is second to worst in the entire league since the All Star break. And I know everybody out there is yelling, "It's a small sample size of like five games," but you know what? It's still like five games. And the other day, you know, he was playing. And it was a close game, and he was minus 26 when he was on the floor. I mean, you got to take notice of those things. And even if it's trends for short periods, you know, you got to take those things into consideration. So anything else on that one? Oh, I'm ready to go to the next one. All right. We have the third 7 o'clock game. It is uh, Milwaukee at Washington. Uh, Milwaukee is on the first night of a back-to-back. And uh, I'm not mentioning any others today because there's nobody else on the second night of a back-to-back and nobody else on a first night of a back-to-back except Milwaukee. So does that change anything because they're playing uh, sort of a lousy Washington team? You know, is that going to hurt anybody's minutes? Uh, It's a a 12.5-point spread. That is scary. I mean, here's the thing, though. It's 242, Andrew. It is by far the biggest I shouldn't pay by far because the Minnesota Dallas is close. They're they're four behind, but other than that, there's nobody within shouting distance. Two forty two, man. But let's look at all these factors, and then you tell me what you're doing. It's minus twelve and a half Milwaukee implied total one twenty seven and a half for Milwaukee. That's that's fat right there. Washington one fifteen. Um, you've got. The, the fastest-paced team in the league in Milwaukee against Washington's fifth fastest pace. So that makes you want to dive all in. But you got Milwaukee with the best defense in the league. Brooke Lopez is out. That may be affected slightly, but not much. Washington's second-worst defense. So that's a lot to absorb in the noodle to try to figure out what to do in this game. And, <laughs> and this this game probably... 
is going to move the meter one way or the other if you're going to take some stuff down, whether you play the right guys or fade the right guys, in my opinion. Yeah, so for me, I'm going to fade Giannis. Um, he could certainly get 60 fantasy points in three quarters if he plays. But, hey, you never know. Maybe they'll scratch him late and gear up for Toronto on the second half of this well, back-to-back. Well, it it's a 7 o'clock game, so we will know that. Right. So I'm looking more at, at Middleton and Bledsoe f- uh, out of the starters um, in, in terms of the normal suspects. Okay. And then and then Lopez. I'm going to play a lot of Robin Lopez, maybe 50% exposure. Nice. In the, in the two games that Brooke has not started, as you referenced, he got 23 minutes in both of those games. One of them was a dud, but the other one he went for 13, 6, 4, and 3 blocks. So we're right. talking 10x return if he does anything like that. He's even knocking down some threes. Did you see what he does when he makes a three? No, what does he do? It's hilarious. He he acts like he's holding a saucer with a cup of tea in it. He raises his pinky up and he sips like he's sipping the tea. <laughs> okay. Well, we and all the, all the guys on the bench are doing the same thing. It's hilarious. Anyway. Well, perhaps we'll see one or two of those tonight in the nation's capital. Yeah. Um, and then you know you mentioned back to back. How does that potentially affect things? Is this a blowout? The one other guy I'm going to get in a couple tournament lineups is George Hill. I think he's going okay. to be. Very low owned, but he's minimum price on DraftKings, and you know I, I don't think Napier is going to be um, too difficult for him to produce against. And if this is a blowout, you know he's a much better chance of getting over twenty minutes. And so I think he's a nice pivot from Bledsoe. So if you make a couple of lineups with Bledsoe, then make one make one with George Hill just in case. Let me give you a warning tag on that because I looked this up because I was uh, I had the same thought. In the games where they blow out, he never plays the fourth quarter because Hill's a veteran. They end up going to DiVincenzo and Connington in that group. So uh, even though Hill's not a starter, he basically is pulled with the starting group in blowouts. So good note to have for the future. Excellent. That's like like literally a 17-game span that I looked at. Okay, great. Well, over on the on the wizard side, I'm curious about your thoughts because for me, I'm going to fade these guys. The only guy I'm looking at in a couple tournament lineups is actually Tory Brown Jr., 4.4. Not a guy I play very often, but he yeah. matches up well with these guys. He fits well into this type of a game. And I was watching the end of that Wizards game against the Bulls last night, Sunday yeah. night, and Beal was just exhausted. Oh, he you know, was. He was he was he at was the line. Spent. He was at the free throw line, bent over, just trying to get his breath. And the, the ref came over, and I think he asked him, are you okay? And Beal was just so exhausted. He was just trying to get his get his second win. Yeah. So I'm not expecting you know big things out of Beal, um, not expecting much out of the Wizards. So Dr- Troy Brown Jr. is one of those guys who I think could have a, a standout night in this high total game. Yeah, man, this game is so tough for me. I, like I say, as you, I could tell you, you know, you can tell with the the Hill piece of information I had. I spent by far the most time on this game because you know when you see two forty two on the board, it has to get your attention. But I keep finding things that makes me not want to play guys here. I keep saying, okay, it's the first night of a back to back. If they have a chance to rest guys, they're going to do it. I, I keep seeing stuff like you did. Uh, Beal dropped 53 and just left everything out on the court and then left the court like 
in real disgust that he put 53, put his heart on the line, and they couldn't even win a game. And, you know, I think against the Bulls, (laughs) I know against the Bulls. And now he's got to face Milwaukee's defense. And they've been first in defense since the first game of the league of the NBA till now. They have not lost that spot. And it's not really close. I think they're going to go wire to wire unless they really have injuries or something. So, you know, it it doesn't make sense to me to play Beal. Now, if you come from the school of thought that this game is going to stay within reason and you believe Vegas is 242 number, then I guess, you know, you, you stack a few guys on each side. You, you take maybe Giannis and Rolo, and then you take Beal and maybe a Troy Brown on the other side. I think that's going to be popular in the industry. I'm not going to do that. I'm sort of with you, Andrew. I think I'm a little fearful of this game blowing out, the first game of back-to-back, you know, the ramifications if Beal's tired and they lock him down. How in the heck's Washington going to keep this close? You know, I just don't feel comfortable stacking the game. You know, I'm not going to go zero on it because that would be a little too radical. But, you know, I can see myself uh, possibly, and this is going to sound crazy to you, but I may just pay up for Giannis and take the three quarters and the 67 fantasy points or whatever and just move on because he's – somewhat the only guy that I think even in a shorter stint even on the first game of a back-to-back he can just he can get 50 DFS points by halftime just and you don't even realize it so you know he's putting up historic points per minute you know he's 2.35 do you realize you know if you get to one point per fantasy minute uh you're doing good and for this stretch that he's in right now, he's 2.35 per minute. I mean, that's ludicrous. You can't, nobody since like, you know, maybe a small stretch for Jordan. And then you have to go all the way back to like a Will Chamberlain to find somebody. If you do a statistical analysis of all of it, that even approaches two and a half fantasy minute, uh, points per minute, five per minute. I mean, that's ludicrous. You can't, nobody since like, you know, maybe a small stretch for Jordan. And then you have to go all the way back to like a Will Chamberlain to find somebody, if you do a statistical analysis of all of it, that even approaches two and a half fantasy points per minute. And you can go back and look and apply those statistics in those games, even though way back they didn't uh, record blocks. So, you know, Chamberlain and and, uh, Jabbar when he first started and Russell, they would be off the charts. But I digress. The bottom line is what I'm saying is Milwaukee with with Giannis leading the way, I think, can crush it. I think all of the other starters are suspect to blow out more so than Giannis because if you only get Middleton for 25 minutes or or you get, you know, Rolo, who even in a blowout probably isn't going to play more than 25, you're risking a possible, uh, you know, a shaky, a shaky number there. If you, if you want to spend up on Beal, go to it. I'm not going to do that just because I think I respect Milwaukee's defense. And I believe that uh, I think he's a little spent, a little frustrated. I didn't like the the body language towards the end of that game at all. And I just don't know the crapshoot of who else to take with Washington. Who steps up? Yeah, Roy Roy Hashimura played decent. Bertans is always an option. You have Ish Smith and Napier playing decent at the point. 
you know, you've got uh, their bigs all splitting time and doing decent, you know, with Mo Wagner and Bryant and, and you know, uh, Mahinmi, and it's just on and on. So I don't know on an on an eight game slate you really have to dig in that deep. So I know it's it's bizarre, and I could be dead wrong here, but I'm probably going to just take Giannis and just get the hell out of that game. And it's kind of funny because when these two teams played earlier, it was that epic game, a total total points of two hundred eighty two, and know. Giannis Giannis didn't play. That's why the numbers for Middleton and Bledsoe were a little bit inflated, but this is just the perfect example of, of cash games versus tournament options where yes. it makes sense to me that you're going to look at Giannis and as a cash game. I mean, I think he's just so reliable. Yeah, if he's I mean, playing it, isn't his to, floor like 60, 63? I mean, if he play, even if he plays three quarters, I think it's 55 to 65, almost guaranteed. And, oh, definitely. You know, so he's a great cash play if, if he's in the lineup. Yeah, it's, it's going to be interesting. And I'll tell you, I guarantee you this, and I have not. Here's another thing that, that our listeners need to know. I, when we do this podcast, I make absolutely sure I do not look at, listen to, download, nothing. I don't, I don't as far as other touts, what they're saying, what they're thinking, what the ownership is. I am just purely organic coming into this blinders on doing my deal because that's where I've had the best success in doing it that way. Now, when the podcast airs mid-afternoon, then I want to see, because you need it for strategy-wise, I want to see sort of what the the main touts are talking about to get a feel of where they're going to push because they do move the needle on some guys. want to look at ownership a little bit and see because you do have to take that into consideration when you're building lineups. But for me, what's worked is you're getting the raw coach here all my thoughts and what I think, and then I'll look this afternoon to before I build the final lineup. But I'm telling you right now, most of the touts in the industry are going to have three, four, or five guys from this game. This is going to be their target game. They're going to see it like it that you know it scored like you said 280 or whatever the insanity was last time, and not everybody played. I just I don't see that man. I think it's a trap. I think that. It went that high because uh, Giannis was out, right? Yes. Yeah, it went that high because Giannis was out and it stayed closer longer. And I don't think, you know, the coach felt as comfortable. But in this game, it's just going to be a whole different flow. So that's where I'm at, man. And, Coach, I want to add that I do the exact same thing. I don't look at anything, read anything until I've studied the slate myself. I don't even look at the game totals until I've looked at pace, offensive efficiency, defense and I already I already decide before I look at the Vegas totals what games I want to stack and then I'll take a look at it just to get an exact number to to share on the podcast. Perfect. But I, I, I advise that to our listeners. If you have the time, that's the way you should be be doing it is you shouldn't rely on Vegas. I mean you should know ahead of time, well this I mean this is the game that, that I want to stack or that I want to stay away from based on pace, efficiency and, and defense. That's perfect, man. I couldn't set it better. I'll tell you what, though. I'm going to try to pick up the pace a little bit because 100% we're going to be busting into Apatria uh, time frames here. No, we can't do that. I know. We we do not want to embarrass ourselves like that. We'll leave that <laughs> to Mike now. But uh, All right, 7.30, Orlando at Brooklyn. We've got uh, Dud game. So this one might could be our speed-up game. Yes. You've, 
You've got uh, Brooklyn minus three. It's only two eleven and a half, lowest total on the board. Um, you've got a one oh seven and a half implied for Brooklyn, one oh four and a half for Orlando. Right now we've got uh, Orlando is the twenty eighth fastest, or should I say, the third slowest team in the league. Brooklyn ranks tenth, and then as far as uh, Defense, I thought this was a pretty amazing stat, and this is why I really don't like this game. Orlando's eighth, but what do you think Brooklyn is team defic- uh, defensive efficiency ranked in the league? I was surprised when I saw that as well. They're seventh. Can you believe that? I, I don't know when that happened or else, uh, you know, I usually, I'm, I mean, I'm looking at these numbers all the time. For them to be in the top uh, seven is just mind-boggling to me, so... Anyway, I, I, you know, I had to look at it twice because I thought I was looking at it wrong. But, uh, you know, between the, the pace, between the defense, uh, between the totals and the situation, the number, I just I, – I can tell you right now, pass. So it's all yours. Yeah, there's only two guys I'm looking at here. Vucevic at 9.1K on DraftKings. We, we love to target centers against Brooklyn. He had 24 rebounds against them in the first matchup. Yikes. So – uh, he, he's a monster. He's worth a look. And then Fultz, again, tournament play. He also played well against them. He had over 40 fantasy points. So if you want to get low ownership, uh, he, he's a pivot. But I don't plan to play any anybody over on Brooklyn. I mean, this is this is going to be a low-scoring game. It was, the total was 190 the last time they, they played. Wow. Um, Levert missed that one along with Kyrie. So... You know, Levert could make it make an impact here, but I just don't really like any of the price tags for the Nets guys. So I'm gonna I'm gonna fade all of them. Milwaukee may score 190 themselves. <laughs> <laughs> it's possible. Maybe Good give Lord. them one or two overtimes and they can get there. I'm telling you, it's that would be something. Um, all right, we're at the halfway point. So uh, you know, if you have to refill your coffee cup or run to the bathroom or do whatever you got to do and put us on uh, uh, pause for a second. This would be the time to do it. I uh, want to mention a couple things real quickly. Uh, you can catch us seven days a week on at DFS Coach Talk, the, uh, the podcast. You can hear it everywhere podcasts are found. We are now on everywhere we've always been, plus some. So you can catch us on Google Play, iTunes, Stitcher, Podbean, iHeart, Spotify, and YouTube and probably some other spots as well. Um, And again, you know, all we ask on each show is you take a few seconds, rate, review, subscribe. We really appreciate if you take a couple seconds, leave a a nice uh, little review, you know, but those thumbs up on on, uh, YouTube and clicking that little alarm bell uh, so that you know when our our new pods drop each day, like today's is going to come out a little later because we're going so long. So, you know, we would really appreciate, though, if you if you do those things. It really helps us grow the, the company. It helps us get uh, noticed more uh, when people are doing podcast searches. Uh, and then certainly, you know, uh, you can follow us on Twitter, at DFS Coach Talk. I'm at Joe Sarvati, J-O-E-S-A-R-V-A-D-I. Andrew is at Language Olympic, just like it sounds. And Mike is at M-I-K-E-A-P-O-T-R-I-A. That is our uh, DFS pro team, NBA pro team. And, uh, you know, uh, the main thing is follow the process, tune in, and give us some feedback. You know, send us some DMs on Twitter, 
post some things uh, wherever you need to. We, you know, we want to be interactive. We want to get you guys involved, and we want to give you the best pro- uh, product every day. Okay, um, we go on to the second half of the slate. It's an 8 p.m. game. It's the New York Knicks at the Houston Rockets. Very odd uh, one to try to figure as well. Uh, we've got the biggest margin here of uh, minus 14 for Houston, so this certainly could be a blowout. But then we have that little crazy asterisk of uh, D'Antoni refuses to take Harden and Westbrook out in blowouts. Uh, he almost lost Westbrook for a long time. They were up like 36, and he had Westbrook in there with three and a half minutes left. Westbrook almost got into a fight. He got thrown out of the game. He, you know, he could have been suspended and everything else. And I think he was thinking the same thing. Why the hell am I in this game? But that's D'Antoni. So the 14 point num, you know, the uh, 14 point favorites is a little tempered when you look at the way D'Antoni coaches. But we'll see. It's uh, 229 and a half. Uh, big fat 122 uh, for Houston, 108.5 for the Knicks. Um, as far as uh, pace goes, we have the Knicks 21st, Houston second fastest, only uh, second to Milwaukee. And then defensively, Knicks are 23rd. Houston is right square in the middle at 15, and that's mainly because of Westbrook's on the ball defensive prowess this year. So there you go, man. What do you think? This one is tough to figure out um, with, first of all, all those moving pieces on the Knicks side that you mentioned with the injuries, guys coming in and out of the lineup. If you look at some of the recent box scores, it is just a mess. As many as like 13 guys getting minutes. So really, really hard to zero in on anybody over there, even though it is a pretty good total. So I'll have a, I won't have much exposure to the Knicks Maybe Randall, a couple shares. Uh, you know, he's certainly the most trustworthy. R.J. Barrett is the one wing player I'll look at a little bit. You know, he does get the most shot attempts out of those other guys, and I, I think he could do pretty well in this wide-open game. Okay. Uh, Peyton is worth a look, um, but probably won't get there. You know, you mentioned Westbrook's defense. He's been a little bit hobbled. So he, he could certainly go off, but he's a little bit higher priced than I'd like. So probably won't get there. My favorite guy in this game actually is on Houston, and it's his name's Eric Gordon. Because mm-hmm. on DraftKings, he's only 3.7K. I know. And I don't understand that. I mean, he got 24 minutes in the last game. We know that he scored 50 against Utah. Yep. Um, and one of my favorite stats of the day here. New York is 29th against three-point shooters in terms oh, of percentage. Good Lord. And I, I've been tracking that ever since right around the new year, watching uh, Portland go into New York. And C.J. McCollum was just pulling up on the wing and just getting whatever he shot he wanted. So I, I, I've been looking at wing shooters ever since then. So Gordon fits squarely into that category. I'll have a lot of shares of him. I'm not going to go much to Harden Westbrook. I you know, either one I think could get sixty fantasy points. Yeah, but easily. I just, I just, you know, I like a lot of the guys between eight and ten k on this slate, and all these, all the guys above ten k, I think, again, could get you sixty or seventy fantasy points. But I'm looking more at the eight to ten guys to get me 
50 fantasy points and then have a little bit more money to go around. So I'm not going to get too much of Harden or Westbrook. All right, man. I mean, for me, this is a pretty easy one. I mean, if if I hear any news on Giannis, like he you know, may not play the full allotment of minutes because it's a, a first game of a back-to-back or something, the pivot that I will make is to Harden. I mean, he's just such a stud. And like you said, the Knicks do not guard the perimeter well. And, uh, you know, there's gonna, they're going to be raining three after three. Um, I don't like any of the Knicks. I, I'm with you. Um, I believe that – oh, hold on one second. I have to shut off this alarm. Sorry about that. Um, the question is, what did I set that alarm for? Oh, okay. I, I got so many different things going on. It's interesting. All right. It's probably um, for the Kobe Memorial. It is for the Kobe Memorial. You're yep. exactly right. Yeah, it is. Um, the – Anyway, I like the guys I think that can hit those threes. I'm with you, man. Gordon's too cheap. I love him. I love Robert Covington. And I think House has a chance to make my, my lineup as well. I like those cheap periphery three-point shooting dudes for Houston uh, that I think can pile up some numbers. And, again, if if I pivot from Giannis, it'll be to Harden. But that's it for me in that game. Okay, great. 8.30, we've got Minnesota at Dallas. Uh, Dallas is a 13.5-point favorite, which is high because they haven't been playing well. I guess Minnesota's still figuring everything out. Uh, it's a 238.5 over-under. The Mavericks are 126, which is the second-highest implied total on the board to, um, to Milwaukee. So that's a big number. Uh, Minnesota's uh, 112.5. Minnesota right now playing seventh fastest. Dallas is down to 22nd. They have been slowing it down. Defensively, Minnesota's 19th, Dallas 18th. So nobody's exactly tearing it up on either side defensively. Um, interesting game. What do you What do you got? Well, my favorite player this game is Mr. Porzingis. He's 8.1 on DraftKings. We've got Minnesota coming to town after playing last night in Denver. So tough back-to-back for them. That's why the spread's so big, yep. Yep, and we know that Porzingis sat out the last oh, game. Thank you for mentioning that. I, yep. I forgot to say that they were on the second part of a back-to-back. Good point. Right, so we, we know that Porzingis sat out the last game just due to rest. So, right. And, and he's been playing terrific ball here recently. So I like him a little bit better than Luca, just because of the, the savings and – Luca didn't do very well against the Timberwolves earlier in the season, but that was almost a completely different team. When they when they played against, this is kind of fun to look at. The starting lineup in, included Covington, Wiggins, Cat, and Culver. Wow! So all, all four of those guys won't be starting tonight. The only guy who was going to start probably who started that game is Okogi. So completely different look for Luca. Uh, I think he'll have a, a better outing than he did that. He only had thirty seven fantasy points that game. I, I think he'll do much yeah. better here. Um, good point. Yep. So um, even saying even saying that though, I do prefer Porzingis. And then on the Minnesota side, I'm actually looking at these bigs. Even though it is a back to back, Reed at five point eight and James Johnson at five point oh, I think are both worth considering. I think there's a good chance one of them will play well, even if it's basically split minutes. So okay. that's where I'm looking at in this game. Yeah, this this is a hard game uh, for me, man. I I really think it's a tough game. I I 
I think Dallas may blow them out. Um, and, you know, you hate to bank on a blowout, and certainly Luka would be a big part of that, and Porzingis. Um, I don't know. I think it's, it's, you know, there's so many guys to pay up for today, and you just can't pay up for more than one or two of them in, in a lot of your lineups because top, that top group is super expensive. There's no doubt about it. Um, you know, I, I think on the interior, I think James Johnson and Nas Reed could give Dallas a little bit of trouble because uh, Cauley Stein is still away from the team with personal reasons, so, and they haven't played Boban hardly at all. So it'll probably be a lot more of Kleba at playing the five or Porzingis playing the five. And centers have taken advantage of that. So, you know, those are two value guys that I like a little bit. Uh, I actually lean toward Nas Reed a little bit as maybe my true secret squirrel tonight. Um, But, you know, I I don't think I'm going to pile on the Minnesota side. I'm not going to take Luca or KP just after sitting out a game. I know he'll probably play him a decent amount of minutes, but you know if the game does blow out, he definitely won't. I mean, Carlisle's one of the number one guys to rest everybody every second that he possibly can. He's the antithesis of of uh, D'Antoni for sure. So, uh, you know, this could be a game where. Uh, I actually look back to Tim Hardaway because he's going to be like 0% owned with with Porzingis and and Luka back, but he's shooting the ball well, and he's shooting it a lot. And I know, of course, when they were out, he shot a ton, but even before they went out, he's still a featured spot-up shooter for them, uh, you know, if if they try to run Luka uh, off the ball or anything like that. So I'm going to have very little you know, secondary action on either side of this game. Um, but, you know, it's 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 a scary game because it could be a – it could get up there and uh, there could be some big numbers. But you can't play everybody. No, you can't. And just one note on Hardaway's pricing. On DraftKings, he's 7K, but much better value over on FanDuel. He's only 6.2. Yes, and, and I think – uh, he's a lock for me on FanDuel, but I doubt that I'll get up to the uh, 7K. I, I, great point. You know, one thing I neglected to say earlier that's massively important, and because I have it marked in a different spot on here, is Washington's on a second half of a back-to-back against Milwaukee, and the 53 points in the exhaustion and the frustration was last night for Mr. Uh, Beal. So just to, you know, I, I always mark first or second game of a, back-to-back, and that was, uh, other than Minnesota, Washington is the only other team on a, on a second night of a back-to-back. So that complicates things even more. Yes, indeed. Two games left, 9 p.m., Phoenix at Utah. Uh, we've got Utah favored by eight. Seems like they're always playing at home. Um, and it's a 223.5 total. Implied for Utah, 116, 108 and a half for Phoenix. Pace of play, Phoenix is ninth in the league. Utah's 20th. Defensive team efficiency, Phoenix 16th. Utah 10th. So, you know, this is one of those tweener games that people are not going to look at very much that could have a few gems in there. Uh, 
you know, we got to wait on the news on some of these guys. It looks like the Phoenix Bigs are back, which, you know, uh, but they got to go against the Stifle Tower. This is a tough one. I it might be a, a pretty passable game. What do you think, Andrew? Yeah, great description there. Tweener game, but maybe a gem or two. Also maybe a pass. The potential gems for me would be Gobert. He's under 8K, 46 fantasy points against these guys last time. And then Clarkson, he's a little bit priced up on DraftKings. He's up at 5.7. But he does fill out the roster nicely here on a couple of my builds. Same thing with Conley at 5.3. Do you know that Micah Patria's favorite guard in the NBA has had five straight games of over 32 DraftKings points? Kent Bazemore? No, it's Conley. Is it Conley? (laughs) Yeah. Those are the two guys he rocks. Yes, those are the the two. (laughs) <laughs> Those are the two, but Conley, I mean, he's been Has so he really? wow. yeah, he's been so inconsistent. He's been injured. He's back in the lineup. He's been terrible. He's been decent. So that kind of jumped out at me that he's been. I didn't actually I did not consistent. realize that. Yeah, yeah that's, so that's a good point. So not what, a bad what's price his for him. Price five point three. Ooh. So you're that, getting, that's you're getting six X there. You you get sneaky squirrel uh, call for that one because he's should be now. and Could low be. ownership too. Yes. The only, sure. the only guy I'm looking at for Phoenix would be Rubio at 6.4. He almost had a triple-double against these guys last time. Um, but that's just if I had to play a son, he's the first mm-hmm. guy I'd look at. And then last guy that might go off would be Mitchell, Donovan Mitchell, he's 7.5K. But I don't plan to play much in this game. You know, it's just, again, if you're playing the late slate, those are the first guys I'd look at. Yeah, you know, I think a lot of people will go to Mitchell because he he played a really good game. Fourth quarter uh, this last game, he went nuts. And he is their go-to guy. But um, I just, I, you know, I don't want to quite spend 7-5 for him. Um, you know, I like Aiton a little bit. Um, but, again, his price has gone up so much. So it's it's hard. you got to be real picky on these games. Um Ubre's not shot the ball as well. Booker's always a solid play. I mean, book book is up on my on my list, um, but again, he's expensive, so you know that makes it so tough. But I do like Booker. I think that you know uh, this is the type of game that he can do well. Uh, Mitchell isn't exactly a, a shutdown defender, and I would assume Booker and Mitchell should go back and forth quite a bit, uh, battling and scoring. So. You know, I'm going to look again. Mitchell's been underpriced for a long time. He's starting to to leak up. But I really don't like this game all that much, except for those two main guys uh, on Booker and Mitchell. And, and maybe if, you know, uh, I don't go with an Embiid and, and plug an Aiton on one of the lineups as possible. Okay. Last game, man, and it is a true late-night sweat game. It's an hour and a half later than every other game. So this will be the interesting one. It's at 10.30. Uh, I believe it's a national TV game. Um, I think it's on, if I'm not mistaken, on NBA TV, but I'll have to check that. Um, it is Memphis at the Clippers. Clippers are favored by 9.5. We don't know if Beverly's going to – no, did we say Beverly and George are out? We said that they're both questionable. Questionable. That's what's even worse. So – and and being the late night, if you know the last game, we're we're never going to get that news. So that means 
if you're playing on the two sites where you can't late swap, being FanDuel and Fantasy Draft, uh, then you're screwed. So, tough one, man. You know, this may be the game that you can feature a little bit more on DraftKings or Yahoo if you play that because you can swap out some guys. But, man, that's going to be such a headache because if if the two guys are out, uh, George and Beverly, I don't see how you don't play Kawhi. But if those guys are in then it creates a different dynamic. The usage, you know, will will go down, and it creates a, a whole different dynamic there. But anyway, it's, uh, like I say, Clippers are 9.5-point favorites, 233.5, implied total 121.5 for the Clippers, 112 for Memphis. Memphis has the sixth fastest pace, and Clippers eighth, hence the, the 233 healthy number. Defensively, Memphis is 17th. They've been middle of the pack. Actually, they were uh, at 8th and have gone down pretty consistently, but they're still in the middle of the pack. Clippers are obviously a very respectable 6th. I think, you know, with all the injuries of their guys, uh, that has hurt them a little bit. I, or, you know, if they had, were full strength with all the time with George and, and Kawhi and Bev and those guys, they'd probably be uh second to milwaukee or at least up there close to him so what do you have uh what do you have here well some some pros and cons on the clippers side Kawhi came out and, and many of our listeners may have heard the quote kind of frustrated with the recent losses and saying the time to win is now and i think he could certainly go out and try to lead the charge and play well here tonight and then another piece of news the morris brothers are now reunited with Markeith coming to L.A., yeah, even though he's on the other side of the of the floor there, huh. I think huh. you know Marcus is going to be a little bit excited that you know Great we point. love they love to be together and and usually they're on the same team but now they're at least in the same city so maybe Marcus gets a little boost if Markeith is sitting courtside watching. Have you ever but, read about them? They have well, like, yeah, because I'm a this, I'm a big Jayhawks fan. So. so you know, like that psycho like incredible intense fact how close they are like yes. they they share a bank account right i mean weird stuff like that <laughs> yeah, yeah. When they were negotiating with houston it was a team negotiation it's like right. you guys here we're gonna pay you guys both what like whatever 40 million for these the length of these contracts you guys can decide how to break it up and I they know. just ended I've up in the same bank account anyway like great <laughs> point though man there's not yep. going to be many you know touts out there that even catch that but that's a really good point yeah and so the only thing that might impact that is if paul george in fact comes comes back and beverly then all of a sudden it's a complete mess because we have reggie jackson involved now too yeah. so well, yeah so got to watch the news on that if you're going to play any of these guys on DraftKings, make sure they're down in the utility spot so you can swap them out with the late news the only guy that i really have any sort of you know strong feeling about consistency wise reli- reliability wise would be Montrez Harrell because he's only 5.4k yeah. he's done really well both game or he's averaged over 40 fantasy points against Memphis so wow. I, do, I do like him then over on the Memphis side you mentioned if if Triple J is out then you got to look at Brandon Clark uh he I, is out he's out okay so uh, you know he's at, he's at 5.5k. That's a great price. Yeah. If he's going to be getting that extra usage, and 
you know, you mentioned the 233 total. So John Morant certainly in play. He's under 7K. And Melton, you know, he does pretty well in this this type of game. He's at 3.9. So both those guys are on my radar, but um, not not my favorite value plays. Okay. Uh, for me, it's simple. I, you know, I don't play a whole lot of players against the Clippers just because of their defensive prowess at any time they can lock people down. But for the price, and he may be chalky, but I'm going to go Brandon Clark. I mean, every time he's gotten extended minutes, and he th- I think he could get 28 to 30 in this game, which uh, would be up upper end of, of what he's gotten. He, you know, he's done fantastic uh, points per minute uh, for uh, the time he's played. So I think he's a, a real safe play. And then it all it all comes down to the news. If we can at least get, you know, some news on Pat Bev and George, you know, I have no problem spending up for Kawhi uh, if, if uh, need be there because I think he would just be just a fantastic spot to, to completely smash. But um, if George gets ruled in, you know, then it, it changes things a little bit, um, and I probably don't go that direction. But I'm not, you know, unfortunately, even though it's a good total, and I think I think this game will get overplayed because people love to play the late-night sweat game, and, you know, I preach about that all the time. And I so I think you can add, like, three percentage points to everybody across the board in a game like this that's national TV, the only game late, you're going to have a lot of people saying, well, at least I want to have two guys so nobody, everybody doesn't pass me by, blah, blah, blah. I'm not, you know, I'm going to wait on the Clippers news as best I can. I'm going to use Clark and in on the, the swap sites. I'll put Kawhi on, in there if we don't have news for the FanDuel one where you can't move them or, or fantasy draft. I'm not going to take that risk because you can't take that risk. So that's it for me, man. Okay, eight gamer in the books. Yeah, yeah, lots of information. Um, you know, like I say, we're always going to give you everything we got. You can, if you want to take it all in, I think it's going to help you. If you want to listen to bits and pieces, uh, then then that's completely up to you as well. But we're always going to give out uh, everything we possibly can to help you build some winning lineups. So. Um, again, check us out on DFSCoachTalk.com. Uh, catch us uh, on Twitter at DFSCoachTalk. And, uh, you know, certainly uh, comment, send us some messages, DM, follow us uh, up until lock, and we'd love to have you as part of the DFS Coach Talk family. So that's it. Final words, brother? Look at those centers on DraftKings. I'm going to probably play two out of these five in every lineup. Embiid, Porzingis, Vucevic, Montrez Harrell, and Robin Lopez. All five of those guys are only center eligible, so you got to figure out which two you want to get in there. Great advice, man. And we didn't – I had a clip keyed up uh, and ready to go with Jerry West talking about Kobe and uh, if if – you don't know who Jerry West is, one of the greatest players. He's the, literally the NBA logo that you see, and I, I'm sure most people that follow basketball know him. But it was a very touching tribute to what Kobe was and who he is. But, you know, it's just it's too somber and, and sad. I, wanna, I want to 
I did, you know, just during the show here, I decided not to to put it on there because I want us to be upbeat. Let's make this a celebration of the difference that Kobe made. And and you know, the the heartbreak for me too is Gianna. I mean that that she had her whole life in front of her, so that's a hard pill to swallow. But let's celebrate today. You know, you know what Kobe brought forward. I'm gonna try to catch the rest of this uh, uh, memorial service here. And, you know, again, that puts us right into our lead-in as we like to cl- close each show is, you know, we, we're we doing this with the Mamba mentality. That's what sparked us to get up and do it. So if you have time, go to dot org. That's mambaon3.org, all spelled out, and donate. Uh, you know, those families, uh, other than the Bryants, the families that were all <clears throat> lost and affected there, uh, they need help, so let's uh, let's chip in and do that as best we can. And uh, we appreciate all of you. Let's hopefully go to five and zero tonight. Keep the streak going as long as possible. I refuse to shave until, or if we lose, I will shave. If not, I'm going to be looking like James Harden. Hopefully, in about a month, that's the plan. Um, but thank you, Andrew. Great show, man. Thank you. Amen. Amen. All right. Thank you for joining us for uh, DFS Coach Talk podcast, for my fellow NBA pros, Micah Patria and Andrew Hansen, I am Coach. We will look to catch you again tomorrow as we crush it in NBA DFS. All around the world, y'all know, this is so, so dead.